Hello everybody and welcome to the Digital Buildings Podcast by Schneider Electric. Have you ever been challenged with reducing equipment downtime and increasing reliability? Well, that's exactly what we are going to help you with in today's episode. Our speakers, Ursula Barr and Ram Venkat, are going to discuss condition-based monitoring and predictive analytics. Hi everyone, welcome to the Schneider Electric Condition-Based Monitoring Podcast. I'm Ursula and I'm here with Ram. We're both Porsche Systems Specialists here at Schneider Electric. Hey Ursula. Hey. So just to give you a quick overview of what this podcast is going to be about. So condition-based monitoring is a term which refers to collecting data from assets and systems and performing analytics on this data. So we can look at past trends of how assets and systems will be performing have a look at how they are in their current state. And the key point is that we use analytics to get insights that we can't get from the data itself. Absolutely. So condition-based monitoring talks about a few things. Um, One, as you rightly said, looking at data. And that data can be used to either optimize your system as a whole. So you can look at it from a power system level. You can go to an asset level and look at asset performance data. Um, So you optimize your maintenance cycles for your asset. You could optimize your operational process. So for example, rather than having planned preventative maintenance, which is essentially your maintenance contract, uh, which can be done by anyone, I guess, uh, not necessarily just a service provider, you 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 don't you anticipate your failures and thereby only maintain when needed so you're able to optimize your operational process that way and of course you can use that to identify issues and identify oncoming downtimes also yeah so i think a key thing you're saying there is that you use it to anticipate so it's not just looking at when things fail, going and sending someone to fix it. It's not just a remote monitoring system. It's looking at how it's performed in the past compared to similar assets which are also installed and using it to actually predict what's going to happen. So very interesting term that you've used there, which is predict. So condition-based monitoring, you can look at in two ways. Of course, we've seen, we've, we've just introduced the preventative piece where you look at data you look at how your system has performed in the past but of course with uh, artificial intelligence uh, coming in uh, what you can do is you can compare the past trends especially during error times and you can log that against how your asset is currently performing maybe you take let's say the current one month of performance and log it against all past trends and AI is powerful enough to then say that it notices how your device is performing today matches a particular trend in the past which led down a certain pathway so for example um, this particular trend in winding temperature that the uh, that the AI has noted it has seen it previously occur on another transformer uh, and that transformer had that particular issue which caused this particular problem down the lane. I think that's a very interesting point. It's not just comparing it to the data that it's gained from 
the particular asset mm. as compared to everything else in the system, or even in some cases from other systems which have similar assets installed. Absolutely. So um, let maybe let's focus this particular part on the asset piece because I think it'll be more appropriate appropriate uh, from a predictive maintenance perspective. Definitely, yeah. Uh, so when when we study when I was studying at the University of Manchester uh, and I was researching condition based monitoring, I was using transformer data from um, the past thirty years, thirty five years. The transformer that I was working on was seventy seven years old, for example, and we didn't have the operational uh, data for that particular transformer. So we had to test it under normal conditions and compare that to transformers which had been tested under extreme conditions, for example. And, uh, it's just not reliable, is it? Because yeah. you're comparing two completely different things. Absolutely. It's like comparing someone who's going for a run on a nice cool day to someone who's running in the Arctic. <laughs> like, they're completely separate things. Absolutely. But where does it start getting reliable? Well, let's say I have... I do run this transformer for a month and I have uh, a month worth of data. Now, I have a pool of data from thousands of other similar devices. Not one, not two, but a thousand similar devices. Then you have, mathematically speaking, a, a probability uh, that is forming, a, a trend that is forming over there. Or you could log it onto the same plotter, for example, and see the scatter graph. And there will be a trend to such things. And that's when the data starts getting more reliable. The more data you collect, the more reliable it becomes. Um, for example, with the national grid uh, and uh, the distribution operators in the country, there is ongoing projects to collect as much asset information, performance information in the past. Mm -hmm. And this is a project that is going across multiple universities. Uh, and I was lucky enough to be to have witnessed part of this project also going on, for example. Yeah, and just what you're saying there about constantly monitoring and taking a lot of data points. Sometimes we take data points... Like every millisecond so we can look at um, power quality for example down to the millisecond so not only will it detect long overarching trends mm -hmm. it will also detect minute instances where maybe something's just not quite gone right absolutely um but focusing it back on the system level on the system level i'd say predictive maintenance is slightly more challenging than it is at an asset level. And why so? Well, predictive maintenance is fairly similar to preventative condition-based monitoring up until a certain level, which is it collects the data, it analyzes it. Uh, now, the problem with asset versus system is that on an asset, you can act on it immediately because you know that this is happening in the asset. In a system, when it's a collection of multiple assets, a collection of multiple disparate systems or networks, while you know there is an error in the system, identifying that error and troubleshooting it will take longer. It is something where you need people intervention in terms of analyzing that data further to say that potentially this is where the issue could be. And at the very least, currently, I don't think AI is advanced enough to be doing system level predictive maintenance. No, it's not at the minute, but it's definitely getting there with assets. I know we've talked a lot about transformers in terms of assets, but just to give you an idea, it will cover pretty much 
any asset that you have in a building. So anything from BMS, from power systems, electrical distribution, we can monitor anything and absolutely. So we did. uh, In fact, if you look at one of the podcasts that we did earlier, it was on condition based monitoring for buildings, Uh, and the concept is fairly similar when it comes to power systems. Right? Mm -hmm. It is connect, collect, analyze, and act. Yeah, and last, the act is the key part. The act is, of course, the key part. And that's where we say we are moving from plan preventative maintenance, or PPM, as we call it, to these essentially software subscription, software as a service model, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty much where the entire services industry is moving to, as we're all aware. Um, and the, the amount of devices, the type of devices that you can collect, that you can connect to such technology platforms is... Mind-boggling, mind-bogglingly big. I mean, yeah. you can start from something like a circuit breaker at a room level, at a distribution level, and go on to incoming systems, distribution level, net systems, transmission level, power systems. Yeah, everything from tiny scale to massive scale. I know we have talked about transformers already, but just to give you an example of when uh, transformers have been effective. Um, with condition-based monitoring, we have examples where there have been three windings on a transformer. One winding hasn't been performing compared to the other two. So we've advised to down the load on that one winding and split between the other two as a temporary solution. But we also have other examples where um, people haven't acted on condition-based monitoring. Absolutely. Um I think this is one of uh, one of the most interesting examples for me is when we we spoke about connect, collect, analyze, and act. That last piece, act. It, this particular example shows how important that last piece is because yeah. if you just do the first three, which is which you would think is seventy five percent of it, yeah, and I'm seventy five percent there. Well, unfortunately, if you don't do the last piece, it becomes completely effective. So. Um, a, a fairly large uh, healthcare research facility where they were utilizing condition-based monitoring. Um, initially, they had two transformers and one of these uh, started showing signs of certain malfunction, let's say. Um, so there was a peak in uh, the partial discharge test, which was conducted maybe twice a year on that particular transformer. Um, They did have condition-based monitoring. Um, So the condition-based monitoring uh, analytics um, brought this to their attention and um, requested that they do oil sampling. Uh, And these partial discharge spikes, of course, continued. Uh, They did oil sampling and looking at the condition-based Predictive piece, uh, it was suggested that the transformer explosion would be imminent in the next year or so. Uh, I think the time that was given to them was maybe eight to ten months to replace the entire transformer. Of course, they have been used, they had been using this technology for a, a year. So this was put forward to their finance team. And the finance team, of course, approved it because they had seen it being work yeah. in work. Previously, they had already had a, a fire in due to one of their transformers malfunctioning, and that had cost them a million million dollars in yeah, terms so of the things we're predicting. Are absolutely, very costly. <laughs> so they had experienced it, and they knew what was in it. So they had agreed to act on it. Mm-hmm. But of course, 
finance cycles being finance cycles and transformers uh, being so expensive transformers <laughs> being so expensive uh, it was decided that the uh, actual investment would be laid off by two years um i believe uh, a year and nine months was uh, what they were looking at from the time it was decided on now needless to say eight months down the line or even less um there was a fire in the basement of that particular facility the transformer had exploded thankfully it did not cost them too much because they had a backup transformer they could shut it down and it wasn't like there was a huge um cost in terms of operation obviously no. there was a cost of replacing it but no. operationally they did all right they did and that they only did all right because well condition based monitoring did tell them that this was going to happen and um they started moving operations from that transformer they started offloading it slightly so they were using their backup transformer more hmm. um however as you see the act piece was not acted upon in this at the very least within the recommended time frames and it was devastating it did cost the the uh, uh the facility reputation it did cost them operating downtime it did cost them the cost of replacing that transformer and a bit more yeah, and i'd say this is one of the big limitations of conditionless monitoring is the trust in it because it is new and innovative. Most people, not most people, but some people won't act on the data because yeah. they trust their own opinions better. But there are, there is a drive to start acting on it more with um, introduction of Internet of Things. People are relying more on the data they get rather than inspections and manual intervention. Yeah, absolutely. So... The amount, as we discussed, the type of devices that are connected, it's it's already booming. And uh, today, the, the only requirement for you to be connected onto a condition-based plan- monitoring platform, for example, most meters that uh, we do at Schneider Electric today are Modbus meters. Mm-hmm. And because they're already IP enabled, they essentially can easily get into the cloud and you have the data there to be analyzed. Uh, how easy is it to retrofit older systems? Well, I think that's a very important discussion to be had uh, because the average life, for example, average age, if you look at a distribution level asset today uh, in the UK, it's about 30 years old. Yeah. Now, today we have taken steps at Schneider Electric to uh, be installing temperature sensors and uh, other sensors in most of our new products that we manufacture and ship out mm. by default uh, just to enable this uh, enable our customers to take advantage of this but looking at assets 30 years ago one physical construct is different uh, two of course there is no connectivity mm. so retrofitting in terms of actual sensors the cost will be a lot lesser than people most people think because you are talking about temperature sensors mm. you are talking about uh, humidity sensors maybe if you, if you look at a transformer, you might want to measure the uh, total asset number for it. You might want to install a dissolved gas analysis kit. These are not entirely expensive additions to it. What will be a challenge is, of course, the actual connectivity piece. So the network connectors, uh, that will be a challenge, but it will be an investment that will pay out in, in way less than time. And it is worth mentioning as well that not only are we 
helping maintenance whilst extending asset lifetimes. So you mentioned that the average asset life is 30 years. Yeah. If we can extend that from a sustainability perspective, that's a huge benefit. Absolutely, yes. So the extension of asset life is a conversation which a lot of people are not having today. Uh, but think about it. You perform maintenance when it is needed. For example, an oil change when it is needed rather than just do it for the sake of doing. One, you save on your operational costs, but two, um, there are many research papers uh, which you can find online which talk about these maintenances, extending the life of the asset by another 5, 10, 15 years. Exactly, yes. Um, the transformer that I was working on, 77 years old. I mean, when it's we actually... <laughs> yeah, when we when we tested it, it was probably at the health of a 35, 40-year-old transformer. And That's we th- because we're acting on it when it's relevant. I do think that there was certainly some good condition-based... Well, at that time, it couldn't have been online, digital, etc. But they would have collected the oil data, they would have sampled it, they would have looked at it, compared it to previous past data, and said, this is what needs to be done right now. And it would have been a manual task. But I'm sure unless that had not been done, that transformer would not have survived. Oh, yeah, it would never be 77 years old. 77 then. <laughs> years old when it was retired. Um, so, yes, uh, asset life extension is something which is a very, very interesting outcome of condition based monitoring. Exactly, yes. And it also reduces disposal of these units, which is a key point as well, something we're always trying to reduce. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'd say maybe to wrap up, the future of condition-based monitoring is that most of the devices, most of the power systems and their assets could be connected. Um, it is, of course, up to the electrical engineer, the electrical site manager to look at this as a strategy. Plan preventative maintenance is definitely a thing which which is now going to be of the past. You will, you are basically essentially spending for someone to come and maintain a device which might just be performing well. And you are selectively maintaining the devices. For example, if you have a, if you have a site which has 100, 100 150 uh, electrical devices and you have a PPM contract for those, and of course your provider is built on hours, uh, and if it is two days of work that is involved, in two days, you are not going to be able to cover 100 or 150 assets. No, so you put it on a schedule. You do it once every six months, once a year, but that leaves a whole Absolutely. What, what are you doing in between? Exactly. So if you don't monitor, if you don't measure it, you are not acting on it. And I think that is what we will leave you with today. Sounds great. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you, everyone, for joining our podcast. Thank you very much. We hope you have enjoyed this episode. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support and please make sure you never miss an episode by clicking the follow button and feel free to share it with your friends and colleagues.